Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we are talking with Avery Collins, a professional trail runner for Speedland based in Silverton, Colorado, preparing for the 2022 UTMB. Before we get started, though, this episode is brought to you by Gnarly Nutrition. Gnarly is a sports nutrition company based here in my hometown of Salt Lake City, Utah. I use their tropical orange-flavored Fuel 2.0 drink mix on workout days and long runs, and I use their chocolate-flavored plant protein powder in my post-run recovery shakes, as well as mixed into my oatmeal at breakfast on most days. If you're interested in trying Gnarly or you're already a customer and you want a good deal for being a single-track listener, use code SINGLETRACK20 to get 20% off your next order at checkout on their website. Avery Collins, it's great to meet, and it is great to have you on the Single Track Podcast. Thanks, Finn. Yeah, man, I'm stoked to be on here and have a little chat about UTMB and the fun that's uh, getting ready to take place. <laughs> right on. Well, I do want to go back in time a little bit before we get into that. You came on my radar about five years ago. I think you put together a pretty masterful performance at the 2017 GDR and then I'm pretty sure you parlayed that into a golden ticket at Western States and you took care of business. You got sixth overall in a, in a hot year in a competitive field. And um, I guess the reason why I bring all that up is because, yeah, you came on my radar then, but I feel like uh, in my mind, you're kind of underrated as a runner and uh, you maybe don't get the credit you deserve and your versatility and stuff. So I'm curious if you feel the same way, if you feel like your career, you've kind of flown under the radar and... Um, yeah, wherever you want to take that. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I, I would tend to agree with that assessment. Um, you know, unfortunately, my last couple of years, especially last year, have been very injury prone. So my opportunities to maybe change that, um, uh, maybe I guess you could say stigma stigma around me of, of perhaps being under the radar or underrated, Um you know, I had an opportunity to change that at CCC and Madeira, and I don't consider 15th at CC good, CCC good, and I don't consider 11th at Madeira good. Um, and I was dealing with an absolutely horrendous foot injury 100% of the year, 100% of the races, and I just fought through it. Um, just, I guess, kind of out of necessity. I just felt like I, I needed to be racing and I needed to be doing something, and um this year I'm injury free and, uh, it's definitely shown in my first two races. Um, and I'm really excited to go pedal to the metal at UTMB. And I feel like I, I finally have this opportunity, uh, to really showcase what I'm, my physical strengths really are. Um, and, you know, I mean, 2017 was a great season, but I would say that was kind of like a stepping stone stone, and a bit of like a breakthrough in terms of figuring out what I my abilities were. Um, mm. And then in 2019, uh, I, I I do look back on a good performance at Grand Raid. I finished third there at the 120K. And um, that was when I realized like, okay, I can, I can definitely perform well on the world stage. And like, the truth is, is going into CCC, I, I had high expectations of going top five. Um, and it just wasn't realistic when, when I was running on one leg, basically. Uh, mm. And this last year has been a totally rebuilding phase of, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's literally been like 
getting used to using two legs again and like actually utilizing my full body and not, um, you know, trying to, to not put weight on one foot and strike in a particular position. And I'm just, you know, running naturally and it feels good for sure. Well, I definitely want to get more into the weeds about, uh, your preparation for UTMB so far this year. And it's, it's awesome to know that you're healthy and that, um, at least this time around compared to CCC, you have a chance to really fully realize potential. Um, I'll say this next part with a caveat. I'm happy to take it out of the interview if you want, but I think one of the reasons why I asked about that underrated sentiment is, um, you know, at least in years past, you've been public about your support for cannabis and just generally being an advocate for it in our sport. And whenever I look at high profile athletes in other sports that like take stands on social issues, um, Oftentimes, I think it's unfair, but they, they, they get blackballed in a sense, and they don't get opportunities that they otherwise deserve simply because they're outspoken on an issue. And I wonder uh, what your thoughts are on that, if you feel like in the short term it helped or hurt you, and then whether you think all of the good work you've done will ultimately uh, pan out in the end. Yeah, I mean, I think in the end it's all going to pay off. I mean, since I started... I guess seeking out uh, cannabis sponsors in 2014. Um, I mean, just look at the progression of lawmaking in the U.S. I mean, we've there, you know, there we haven't went backwards at all yet, and and yeah. that can have <laughs> things can go backwards in the U.S. Uh, especially politically at times, and um, and in terms of um, rights. Uh, but I would say. It, it, Cannabis is moving in the right direction. Legalization is growing and um, long term, I think it's great. And I have definitely had doors closed because of it for a fact. And I won't, I, I mean, I'm not going to drop any names, but there are, ha there's been two off the top of my head shoe companies that specifically turned me down um, because of that. Uh, and it was more because they, it started at kind of a local and regional level and you know it, it would get approved and then it eventually make it up to the big wigs and that was when it'd get shut down um and it with that being said all the doors that were closed just as many were opened um and just like speedland um i mean right. all the companies i run for right now speedlands athletic brewing method seven they're they're all very open to the fact that i am a cannabis advocate they mm. really don't care and they shouldn't you know I, I think it should be normalized and for the same reason that no one cares if jim walmsley drinks beers and uh it, it like it doesn't matter um and i i really appreciate that that's how they treat it and um yeah yeah this is just my own comment uh, and again, my own beliefs, but I feel like the next step beyond that is, for example, uh, sport wide acceptance around the use of like psychedelics, for example, seeking out mental health therapy and just general lifestyle well-being. Um, but that's a conversation for another episode. Um, no, I really appreciate all that perspective. The next thing I want to talk about, you know, I, when I think about you and your partner, Sabrina, for example, I just think of ultimate stoke for the sport and this willingness to go all in on the lifestyle and the training. And I know that you do split your time between, you know, mountain ultra trail running and split boarding the winter, but I really do categorize you there. So 
Um, now that you're healthy, give us some insight into just how all in you are for UTMB and what like the last two or three months have looked like from a day-to-day standpoint. Yeah. Um, so I guess the easiest place to start uh, would be, sorry, I'm outside, uh, would be Quest for the Crest in May. Um, it's a 50K that, this is the third time that I've ran it. It's a great mountain ultra to just kind of build up to bigger races in the summer. And coming from Silverton, it's fairly difficult to train for anything that's much longer than 50 kilometers in mileage by that time of the year. I've tried it and it's just like, every time I, is, I just kind of fail to hit the standard that I like. Uh, whereas training for the 50 K is a little bit easier and that went really well. Um, and then we came out to, uh, Chamonix June 1st and started training for Mont Blanc 90 K. And, um, the training went incredibly well for Mont Blanc 90 K and unfortunately it got canceled, um, which was definitely a bummer because it was, uh, it became pretty evident in, the race we decided to run after finishing that like my performance at Mont Blanc 90k I was, <laughs> I was I was really ready um we ended up running uh scenic trail 120k and um it was honestly like pretty similar to something like UTMB I would say the only difference was there was just the technical sections that there were in that race were drastically more technical than what you're mm. going to do at UTMB but a majority of the race was runnable mountain running, which is what UTMB is. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think walking away from that, it was, it was such a great base builder, uh, approximately 75, 80 mile run. And, um, just gave me a good idea of what I should be shooting for at UTMB. And, um, coming off of that, I took a couple weeks off that were, really, really easy. And I'd say three weeks out from the race, I started building back up again. And, um, you know, I, the training has looked, um, maybe a little different than in years past because my volume hasn't been super high. I I think a lot of that's because I was coming off of, uh, eight weeks out from UTMB. I did that scenic trail 120 K and I say 75, 80 miles because I ran a lot of extra miles um, <laughs> due to some course marking issues. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think generally in the past, I would be more prone to run somewhere in between like 140, 160 mile week as my biggest week. And, and this year, um, my biggest week was 115, 120. Um, however, I had, you know, the weeks leading up to that were all 100 mile weeks and they were all anywhere from 40 to 50,000 feet of vertical gain. And, um, yeah, yeah. And then there was some specificity worked into each of those weeks, but I don't need to, to divulge all the information and all the goods. (laughs) Well, one more question for all the folks in the audience that are avid fantasy free trail players. Uh, and then also just the old, and and also just like the ultra running media out there. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of speculation between now and race day over the next, you know, one to two weeks. But, um, should we be counting you as a serious contender for a top 10 finish at this race? Like, do you think you have what it takes to, uh, to be right up there among the very best? Absolutely. And I would love for free trail to start integrating real live betting because I would put money down in a heartbeat. I love it. (laughs) And if we're going to talk about predicting, I I've, I've said this to a few people. I really think based on the starter list this year that, I'm going to say top 
four, possibly top five, go sub twenty, um, on on the standard course, assuming assuming that they don't change it to, because there ha- there has been years where they change it to a slightly easier course right. due to weather. Um, but on the standard course, like I, I think um, I think it's going to require some pretty pretty a, a fast time to do well this year. And um, but with that being said, I mean it's just you know statistically a lot of people quit. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, you just make it to the finish line and, and, you know, I, I think things will go relatively well. <laughs> Two comments. One, I am 100% with you on sports betting. I think we need betting and ultra running. It's from a fan standpoint, it makes the sport better. I don't see any cons to it. Um, and then B, actually, this is a question. Would you agree with me that this is the most competitive UTMB ever, especially on the men's side? With like 2017 Absolutely. maybe being the benchmark, yeah. I mean, undoubtedly. I mean, you could you could cut the list in half, and and literally just go with half of it, and it would still it it'd be just as competitive as as prior years. Um, now, keep in mind that like by race day, you know, you have a portion of people that don't show up, a portion of people that get COVID or whatever. Like, there's all these variables that do come into play. Um, and then obviously there is this, it's just what happens is, you know, using Western States as an example, like the year I ran it, um, it was also really stacked and what comes with really stacked fields is also a lot of drops because it's just people pushing to maybe not even the fact that they're pushing to their limits, but they're also maybe just pushing outside of actually their real capabilities and maybe not, you know, getting caught up in the moment. And, and it's, it's easy to do that. Um, you know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you see the top 10, top 12, top 15 come through the 50 K marker in fi- under five hours this year. And that right. would, you know, ultimately set up for about seven or eight of those people to probably drop. <laughs> My gosh. Well, I like playing, qu- I really like playing the numbers game. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, man, I think you I think uh at some point in time you got a you got a career in ultra running media. I think you'd be a good commentator and uh just prognosticator of uh of these races. Um I would I would definitely enjoy that. Last question I have for you. I see the Speedland shirt there. Um talk about why you're excited to work with that brand. I know they're up and coming and then maybe also tell us about the shoes that you're going to be wearing on race day. Yeah, dude. Um, I'll start with the shoes real quick. I'll wear the Speenland uh, HSVs, which are absolutely incredible, man. Um, this is the only shoe I've ever been able to wear in the San Juans for 600 miles of wear, and the shoe still can go after that. Um, in the past, I've literally blown through shoes one pair every week uh, when training in the San Juans. So, I mean, this is, I mean, I'm just blown away at the durability of the shoe, not to mention. The performance, I understand this comes with a bias, but I'm, I'm no bullshit. It's the best performing shoe I have ever worn, mm. period. Um, and then not to mention the biggest reason why I made the switch was because the fit. Um, I was dealing with foot issues due to shoes being too narrow. And when I switched into the speed lens, they have a really good, I, I hate to call it wide, and I hate to call it foot-shaped because that's an ultra thing, but it's somewhere in between the two. And then once you ratchet the boas down, man, it's just 
incredible and they don't and I, I really appreciate the fact that they actually let the shoe flex with your foot it's not this super stiff like it's just a really natural shoe that still offers protection you can run it for 100 miles like i'm probably going to run tour next year or within the next two years and i would i'd absolutely run tour de jean in it and yeah i mean i ended up in the shoe after a long stint of time. i mean i was this started like well over a year ago and at first I saw the shoe and I thought no like I'm good and six months passed by and um my sports agent again was like hey man like I think you should just try them and I said all right just send a pair to the house so they were waiting at the house when I got back from Madeira and I figured you know what my foot's messed up I mean what difference does it make so I started running in them and slowly but surely my my foot came around and also I was obviously doing PT and so on and so forth. Well, another six months passes by and we, you know, I start talking with Speedland about, you know, potentially running for them. And, um, I, I don't know why, but I turned down, I turned down an offer and <laughs> another six months goes by and I found myself running in their shoes every single day. And yet I turned down an offer from like, all right, all right, I just, I got to get a hold of these guys. And like, now I'm totally in love with the shoes. Like, I mean, I'm, I also don't understand why it took so long for me to just pull the trigger. I mean, it's kind of like a big decision and, um, I, I am a little indecisive and I didn't want to just jump into making that decision super fast. And now it's one of those things where I, I plan on wearing these for a very, very long time because mm. they have got it figured out. Super cool. Well, I got to ask you one question. I didn't think I was going to ask this, but I heard you mention it in uh, your comments there that you work with an agent, which I think is very interesting um, because we we've recently had a bunch of episodes on this show uh, focusing on the athlete sponsor relationship. And I'm wondering if you can just give us a little bit of insight into uh, the benefits of working with an agent versus going at it on your own, um, seeking out sponsors and, you know, navigating that world. Um, well, I'll just go ahead and brag. Um, his name is Tyler Clements and he is absolutely incredible. Um, I met Tyler a few years ago and I was his first athlete and now now he's seriously grown he's outgrown me to be honest like I'm I'm really I tell him all the time I'm so grateful that you keep me on board because most of his his athletes are way bigger than me now and um so I'm just glad to have him but the truth is is like I I I hate calling him a sports agent cuz it's just it just sounds gross. Like it's not, I don't like that term because he, Tyler's really become a friend of mine at this point. And then mm. I would say the difference between him and, and what I have seen of other sports agents is he, he acts more as a manager and um, he just goes above and beyond and, and, and does a lot of the legwork um, such as tracking. And I mean, he, he takes care of everything for me, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, whether that be just like making sure, you know, bills are paid on time or I'm uh, paid for reimbursements on travel or whatever that may be. Um, obviously, the standard stuff like like negotiating, but also just like making sure that I'm keeping up with my side of the commitments for for the brands that I represent and making sure I'm not missing the mark as well. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it, he's pretty incredible. I, I honestly, I'd have a hard time believing that 
oh, that most sports agents are doing everything he's doing is like I said, he does everything and I feel bad sometimes, but <laughs> he's always like, Avery, just let, just let me do it. Just, you need to like, anytime I do something, he's like, no, dude, just run it through me first. I'll take care of it. <laughs> Super cool. Well, no, man, I, I appreciate that insight because I just feel like, uh, again, that part of our world is, is somewhat of a black box and it's cool when, uh, we have a chance to speak about it. And there's a lot of listeners to this show that I think are aspiring pro athletes. So, um, I think their ears perk up, but anyways, man, Hey, it's been seriously, it's been awesome to have you on the show. We'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes, looking forward cool. to the fireworks on race day. Anything else you want to leave the audience with before we go? Ah, oh, no, man, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I just did a big thanks to uh speedland again. And then, um, athletic brewing, uh, my, my incredible non-alcoholic beer sponsor. Another one that I was the first athlete on of all time. And now they have a bunch of athletes that are way bigger than me. <laughs> um, yeah. Being first mover. Yeah. Yeah. First mover advantage, man. Uh, I've got that pretty dialed in uh, for sure between cannabis and then athletic brewing. And yeah. Anyways. Uh, and also a big thanks to Method 7 Eyewear, my, uh, uh, I wear company sponsor, um, which I will be wearing a set of frames that released this fall that I haven't even seen yet. They're actually coming with the owner to Chamonix um, on race week. Um, and we have been working and developing these for the last year, um, specifically on my end, the lenses and using them in every possible condition and climate, um, whether it's skiing or snowboarding running alpine below tree line and i'm excited to say it because like this doesn't really exist in the eyewear industry there is actually something about these that i can't say that is like totally different than any other um eyewear out there so i'm really excited right on man well hey great to meet and uh see you in chamonix yeah we'll see you in chamonix dude